Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. I am Austin Wilson, research analyst at Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. And I'm Josh Robb, director of wealth management at Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. So Austin, how can people help us grow this podcast? Well, we would love it if you would subscribe. If you're not subscribed, hit that plus, follow, whatever button is on your podcast player. We'd also love it if you would visit our website and sign up for our weekly newsletter to get notified each and every Thursday when we drop a new episode, as well as get a nice little email with a little summary on there, direct link to listen to it. It's a wonderful little gift. Yeah. So as we're starting this new year, yep, we are going to be revisiting a topic we've talked about before, and that is budgeting, because we want to set everyone up for success. Success. Success in a new year. Yep. I always argue we should do this budgeting episode, not at the beginning of the year, but at Halloween, because it's... Usually a pretty scary topic for a lot it of people. It does scare a lot of yeah. people, but we're going to make it not scary today. And we are going to really be setting the record straight and talking about how budgeting is not scary. It's yes. actually something that can be freeing yep. to you. And I think that's for a lot of people, they, they see budgeting as restricting because you're limiting what you can do. But in the end, it actually is more freeing because for the things you put in different spending buckets, you could do whatever you want within that bucket. It's the most American thing you can do. It's yes. all about freedom. 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 All right. So we did do a podcast episode, which we will link in the show notes. It talks about the different types of budgeting based on how you like to see things, whether it's on paper and Excel, on an app, on your phone, all those different things. So we're not going to spend time on types of budgets, but I did want to highlight the one that I think is an easy starting point. can be used in just about yeah. any of those. It's kind of the framework, yep. which is the 50, 30, 20. Whoa, whoa, whoa. These are just numbers. I know. I'm throwing numbers everywhere. It, it equals 100. Okay, but, that's uh, good. Break this down. 50% yep. goes towards your needs. So half of your... Half, and this is your take-home. income. They call it take-home, which is after taxes. Just think of it. If you get a paycheck... It's this is what goes into your bank After account. it's been taken out, what you get. All right. 50% are for needs. 30% are for your wants, the mm -hmm. things that aren't essential. And then 20% is saving, paying down debt. That seems so, doable. 50, 30, 20. Broad buckets for a reason is because everybody says, well, I don't own a home. I rent. So that's a little different. I don't have property tax. Well, it doesn't matter. Needs are a bucket, whatever those needs are. 50%. Right. Your wants are the dining, you know, the eating out versus buying food at home. It's the vacation, all that stuff. And then the savings, paying down debt is the last 20%. Yeah. And by the way, we just finished the Christmas season. It's going to come up in another 12 months. Wait, so, so maybe like start a, you know it's budgeting coming. and saving for yeah. that expense that you know you'll have. I mean, that is a really good way to think of it as higher level buckets. Because I think a lot of people get scared by thinking you need to put put things in envelopes yep. and... Exactly this amount exactly for this, this one amount thing. for this little thing. But if you keep it a little bit higher level, yeah. I think that that's key. And yeah. I guess this brings us back to the age old discussion of, yeah. is it pronounced envelope or envelope? It's yeah. envelope, obviously. Well, I told you, if it's fancy, you get an envelope <laughs> out. If it's uh, just a normal, plain old one, you get the envelope. Yeah. What about a, a manila, manila envelope? Oh, the color? I don't know. Is that a color? Yeah, those big ones. Yeah. It's called a manila. It's manila. I think it's manila. Like, not vanilla. I don't know if it's flavors. Okay. Okay. Anyway, 50, yes. 30, 20. Yep. I think it keeps it simple. And it's, yep. a, it's something that is attainable in this yep. new year to say, hey, I don't need to go crazy. I just need to get simple with it. Mm -hmm. I need to understand where my money's going and plan for it. 
Yep. So what do you do, Austin? Yeah, well, I'm actually going to shamelessly plug another Mm. platform here at the office. So the Everyday Advisor, Mm. Jessica Hanks, friend of ours, colleague of ours, great blog. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. She put out a blog a while back now titled Mindful Spending about how she's the financial advisor without a budget. Yep. So like she just tries to be mindful of her Mm -hmm. spending and and keep track of things and question when you want to go buy something or whatever. And that's kind of the approach that my family has. We have a lot of things automated, so we know exactly what all of those are every month. But we take a more mindful spending approach where we know what our general categories are going to be like this 50, 30, 20. And we live within this sort of upper parameters, but we don't get too weedy with it. But it took us a long ways to get here. And it took us many years of being young and maybe not doing the perfect thing every time with our finances. And now we've gotten to the point where we have a good enough groove mm-hmm. financially that it kind of takes care of itself. Yep. And then we're always just, you know, questioning things as we spend them. So, hey, on the discretionary side of things, do we really need this right now? Can we wait another couple months? Yep. And the biggest thing that comes to budgeting and spending that our family tries to do is just live in a very reasonable fashion. We don't try and keep up with the Joneses or just always get new and better houses and cars and expensive things all the time. We kind of try to make what we have work and that just keeps our discretionary spending down. And I think that's the lever that has made us most financially successful is living a very reasonably normal, not extravagant lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What about you? So I like spreadsheets and I am a numbers kind of guy. I am too. So were you surprised that I don't actually do that? And so I track it pretty closely. But when it comes to especially discretionary or the once section, it's kind of broad. Like I kind of watch where things go just to have an idea. But we kind of just have a debit card that gets loaded on at pay time. And then you do whatever you want with that for the month. I don't care if it's all spent on eating out this month or whatever. And so it's pretty broad and open, but I do track it all just so I kind of get trends. I like trends, right. patterns, those oh, yeah. type of things. So, But similar to what I was saying, I'm sure yeah, that your life looked a lot different oh, yeah. 10, 15 years ago yep. where you were a little bit more intentional or more focused on the nitty gritty maybe mm-hmm. than you are now. Yep. yep. And just pay, it's seasonal too. So kids are getting involved in sports. It's getting more expensive. So you watch that. Like and seasonal. you have a thousand of them. I know. And it's, you know, so like team. spring, summer, when they're signing up for all their stuff they're going to do, you, you got to, account for that those type of things but it's getting better and easier and you kind of get in those habits i think so is having time. kids some expensive i hear that yeah um, yeah so I, I i would believe so yes <laughs> i don't know by the time this comes out i'll probably have my second one yes that's right and you'll be <laughs> twice as expensive Twice as expensive yeah i i think it's all about not letting it stress you out you know i think what we're trying to point out today is that it can be doable without being a burden yes and that it actually can be beneficial mm-hmm. So as long as you're setting yourself up to meet those long-term goals by putting money away and paying down debt, you know that's kind of a lot of the focus that we've had on a lot of our discussions over the years. As long as you're able to do that and paying your bills and needs, obviously, you have a lot of flexibility to do what you need to do and to do what you want to do. And that's a pretty great place to be that a lot of people, you know, especially in America, really aren't. Yes. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's do a break. Oh, yeah. Give me a dad joke and then we'll come back and just talk about some mistakes some people make with budgets every once in a while. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So, I don't get why Marvel doesn't use the Hulk to advertise more. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's basically one big banner. One big banner. I like it. (laughs) Bruce Banner. Big banner. Classic. Classic, classic. So, that is the Dad Joke of the Week, Josh. Yes. In our show notes, I've linked a couple different articles and I have pulled 10 pitfalls or struggles that people have or just impressions they have about 
budgeting. I want to kind of walk through each of these 10 things. Yeah. So one of the pitfalls or struggles people have is they guess at their costs Ooh. instead of actually looking at them. So yeah. they're sitting down at budget and they're like, oh, utility. I, I probably $100. spend $100 a month on utilities and it's really 250 or yeah. whatever. And all of a sudden, they're already behind. Don't guess. Get a good estimate. A lot of times when I'm talking to clients about this, one of the things I say is don't budget but track for about three months or so and yeah. then start averaging that to see kind of where you can use as a starting point. Absolutely. So don't jump right into the budgeting process. Start by first monitoring. Don't change anything. Just do what you do. See where you end up and take that over a couple months and say, okay, what do I'm averaging? You're going to get a lot better off than just guessing. Well, in the world of the internet that we have now, yes. all of your utilities, all of your credit cards, your bank, every single thing you use financially, aside from straight cash, Yep. everything aside from cash, you can go see exactly what things cost and what the transactions were. So you can see all your bills and exactly how much they were. And guess what? Some of them are the same every single month. Some of them are. Your trash and your phone and yep. all these things are the same. You can go see all of them. It's really actually gotten quite easy on a lot of these websites for your bank. You can export it into Excel. Yep. And then you can sort and filter and do all your fun stuff and get mm -hmm. nerdy like we would do. That's right. So, yes, don't guess at costs. Nope. You can get them accurately. Yep. And the other thing along with that is leaving out expenses. Don't do so that. So, again... The one we talked about was zero-based budgeting, which is the idea every dollar is being allocated towards something. So when you're done, you have zero left. Yep. And if you do that and you leave out an expense, now you're at a deficit. You're we don't behind. Want you don't want. We're not the you government. You don't want to be negative money. Yeah, we're not the government. Yes, we can't print any of our own. <laughs> Make sure you do a good job of tracking and accounting for everything you know of. And then, like I've always said, a great budget item is to have some sort of cushion, whether yes. it's an emergency fund or things like that, that is adding to that. If there's a little extra, you can carve out for that. The way. tricky part with that one is is cash, I think. Mm -hmm. Because cash is something that isn't easy to track mm -hmm. unless you manually track it somewhere. I always track... Unless you just have like a... I have the withdrawal. $50 a month, $100 yes. a month. I just track the withdrawal. So like and then if I have 50 bucks a month on. for cash just because... You know, like we had a book fair at the school twice a year or whatever, and each of the kids gets a couple bucks for buying a book. Yep. Well, that's cash. I need cash. And so, yeah, I just look at it as a withdrawal and then I just assume the cash disappears. Yep. I don't care where it goes or what. It just budget wise, $50 is accounted for cash yep. at some point being withdrawn from the account. So, yes, you're right. Cash is hard. Another one is not actually tracking your spending. And you're like, what are you talking about? Well, if you work hard to set up a budget, and then don't actually make sure you're following <laughs> right. it. What was the yeah. point of doing that? You so just got this tracking along the way. Right. And don't wait to the end of the month to look back. I think watching along the way is very helpful because if you get halfway through the month and you say, oh, I've already met my grocery budget for the month. I'm and not eating anymore. 15 days, I either really guessed at the cost and missed it or something's changed. Let me look at what it is. Yeah. So track it along the way. Don't just think, well, now I have a budget. I'm good to go. Right? The budget needs to be used. It's a tool. Use the tool. And a lot of digital ways of doing this will do that for you yep. automatically. Pull it in. Link yeah, whether accounts. that be an app. There are like spreadsheet functions through like Google Sheets yep. that you can link to your banks now. It's crazy. But it'll it'll do it automatically. So you, it's a little bit easier to do that than mm -hmm. it used to be. But yes, make sure you know what's actually going yep. on. And know the calendar of how things happen because certain Property bills. Tax. Yeah, that comes every year. Yep. Once or twice a yep. year. Everything is kind of consistent. You know, this bill is always on this day. Yep. This bill is always due on this day. So you should kind of have an idea of when your money's coming mm -hmm. and going. And we don't necessarily live, I don't anyway, in a world of manually balancing mm -hmm. checkbooks and these kind of things anymore. 
I don't think that's necessarily super relevant today. Right. But you should at least know what money is coming in, what money is going out, when it's going in, when it's coming out at the same time. That brings me to what I'm going to jump ahead. Assigning expenses by paycheck. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you just said is, let's say you get paid every two weeks. So you get paid in essentially twice a month from all intents and purposes. Half your pay, a couple weeks later, the other half your pay for that month. Well, if you are paying your mortgage or your rent in the first part of that paycheck, you may not have much left from that paycheck for anything else. But when you you know take your whole month's worth, it's fine. Yeah. But if you are only accounting each paycheck for what's happening then, that's not going to be very helpful for no. you if a bunch of bills show up all on the first of the month or something like that. Right. So don't assign your expenses to your paycheck. Assign it to the month and then have your paycheck hold off a portion of that for that payment. So mm-hmm. let's go back to your, your mortgage or your rent. If you're getting paid twice a month, paying $500 or $1,000, doesn't matter what it is, and just take it in half each paycheck. Yep. That way you're saving for it. Whenever it's due, you have the money ready, but you're not having it all come out of just one paycheck and then making it where you don't have any cash flow for the groceries and all the other things you need. It's really interesting. Aside from emergencies, I'm going to put that in a separate category. Mm-hmm. There are no surprises. Should not be. Financially. Aside from emergencies. Yeah, should emergencies not be These are surprises. emergencies, and we've talked about how to plan for those, but you know what bills are coming. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are the same, or a lot of them are on the same date. Yep. You know what you spent. Yeah. So like, you shouldn't be surprised yeah. every month. Yeah. So that's all this planning discussion is all about is it's not very difficult, uh, but I think that is something that if you live on such a tight checking account life, the beginning of the month when that paycheck comes, that mortgage is taking it all out. Then you, you need to work on understanding that fluctuation and building it up yep. during a certain time so that it'll come down during yep. a certain time and all that. And the same is true with like property tax, right? It happens all pay that regularly. Either once a year or twice a year, depending yep. on how you like to do it. But either of those is a big check to it write. Is. And if you're counting on that one paycheck, it's probably not going to, oh, yeah. it, you know, it's just not going to work. And so the other months, you got to be saving for that. So like you said, it's not a surprise. You just got to plan it out. That's all budgeting news is planning ahead. And one thing that I've learned to do, and I think I cracked the code on, mm-hmm. is with those specifically. So there's things like car insurance. Mm-hmm. Twice a year. Property taxes, once or twice a year. Yep. Property insurance, once mm-hmm. a year. These sort of things, are, there can be pretty big expenses on yep. a given month. And if you're pretty tight on a given month and haven't planned for that, it can really ding what's left in your checking yes. account, right? Because they're not every month. Right, they show Well, up. I look at what that spending will be on a total year. Mm-hmm. And I inflate it every year. Yep. Just so I have enough saved. Once a month, I divide it by 12. Divided by 12 and then round up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Automatically transfer money to a savings account I never see. Yep. And that is called my accrual account, which I'm essentially doing what you would do at a bank with property taxes and insurance or whatever with escrow. But you're essentially doing that. And then you have an account already ready for that. And you can link a lot of this stuff to automatically come from that account. Yeah. It's great. But that's how you can can plan ahead for some of these bigger expenses and you're not tied to the one paycheck. That's right. There we go. Another thing is leaving savings out. I talked about 50, 30, 20. Sometimes the 50-30 gets a little bit bigger than 50-30, and then right. you don't have much left. you got to plan for saving. saving don't just spending. count on, I'll save whatever's left at the end of the month. No, no. Right. Plan ahead. Make that one of your top priorities. Absolutely. Plan to save. And then the other one is being overly restrictive. So a budget, again, is, it's more of a freeing process than anything. You don't want to be so 
stringent on your spending that it causes you to then overindulge because you get so frustrated. Yeah. Right. You want to have some flexibility. You also want to be able to reward yourself and enjoy along the way. So it's that balance. Mm -hmm. It really is. And then we already mentioned this, but planning on your net, not your gross pay. Oh, yeah. So gross pay is your full before anything's taken out. That's the starting point. And then taxes are withheld. Then you have your net pay. Yeah. So for example, budget on the net. If you make sixty thousand dollars as your salary, your gross pay is five thousand dollars a month. Yep. So you don't make your budget on five thousand dollars a month because you don't see five thousand dollars a month. You might see four thousand or thirty five hundred dollars a month. So just know whatever's being deposited into your checking account. Yep. That's what you build your budget on. Correct. Now here's one: if you are a couple, Mm -hmm. not working as a team. Ooh. You could yeah. set up your own budget and then get mad that your spouse isn't following it. Well, did they agree to this budget? Did they help you design this budget? Did you come up with the goals together? Yes. And that's always important because when you are a couple, you really need to make sure that you're on the same page on what you're trying to achieve. And so you know, working as a team is huge and developing it, mm-hmm. tracking it, and adjusting it. You have to do that together. And this is where it's not a one-size-fits-all approach in terms of how couples manage money, but this is where, in a lot of instances, I think it's better for couples to use joint accounts. Yeah. Because then there's an accountability there, and it's really easy for both of you to log in and see the same, Mm -hmm. oh, well, here's how we are at any point in time without having to bug the other one or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just kind of helps you be on the same page. Again, not always a one-size-fits-all approach, but it's what works, I know, for me. It's just really easy to understand mm-hmm. that way. Yep. Don't budget on future earnings that you don't have. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. That's like, well, I can get this expense because, you know, I think I'll be able to afford it as I get raises, bonuses, a those bonus type of things. Bonus things. Bonus is a big one. Never count on a bonus that isn't guaranteed. Right. And you hear a lot of employees do that where they think, well, I've got it the last handful of years. I'm going to start counting on that. Don't count on it. It's not guaranteed. It's a bonus uh, for a reason. It's a bonus, yeah. Don't depend on future earnings. So don't overbuy to say, well, this new car expense that I have, well, I'll eventually it'll fit in my budget, but it'll be over for a little while. Or housing. Yeah, housing is a big I, one. There was this old saying that was like, buy more house than you need and more house than you, you can afford or something. Mm-hmm. like. That's an old saying that people would use because you're going to make more money. That was kind of the old, yeah, the old thinking. Yeah, you grow into it. And and you're going to have a bigger family and all this stuff. And I don't think that that's a financially good thing to think. No, definitely don't buy not. a house you can't afford now. No, comfortably. Yes. Don't be house poor. Yes. You that's don't want to be way. yeah house rich, cash poor. Is uh, yeah, not cool. Nope. And then the last one, number ten, is do not have too many financial accounts. Yeah. What does that mean? It means make sure you can clearly understand your financial situation. So for instance, I think the biggest one would be credit cards. If you use credit cards, is that if I have five credit cards, I may not be able to quickly understand the total amount of debt that I owe. Right. Because I look, oh, this is, it's only $1,000. That's fine. I, I find, And then the other ones start showing up. You're like, well, I, I didn't realize how these all added together. So just be careful how many accounts you have to know exactly how much money you have and how much debt obligation you have to pay. How many is too many? I don't know. It really just depends on how easy it is for you to track. But in general, the simpler you can make life, the easier. I even think that in a lot of instances, it may be worth foregoing a teeny benefit or a teeny percentage of better cash back or whatever to keep things simple. It may not be the best on paper because you're not getting as much cash back or you're whatever. But I think that just keeping it in one place is is ideal if possible. I think you're right. I agree. 
Well, those are the 10 kind of pitfalls that we had. Hopefully, this was helpful in giving you some encouragement for budgeting. It is not easy getting things started at the very beginning. But the goal, like Jessica wrote in her blog, is to get to the point where budgeting is second nature and you're really not tracking it as often as you were in the very beginning. You get comfortable with understanding your spending where you're kind of just budgeting off of autopilot, which is the goal. Absolutely. Hopefully this was helpful. If you know somebody who was asking about budgeting, share this podcast with them. Also subscribe and leave us a review if you can. It would be great. That would be great. Well, until next Thursday, happy budgeting. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.